up? What up? Welcome back to the Debbie Dose. Kyle, this is a big day for us. This what is, is our, that? This is our inaugural episode as uh, a member of the Undroppables Network. It's very exciting. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Kyle's been undroppable. I mean, we've coming. Yeah. Yeah, so we're really excited to partner up with uh, all those guys in a more official capacity of the show. Uh, you know, we love all their work, and we've been friends for a long time. So we thought it was time just to bring the show on board. And honestly, that's going to let us give you guys better content, more consistent content, us getting more support, the graphics and things like that. And this, we are committed this year to really just up in the quality of the show for you guys. We know our information is already top tier, but we really want to get a little bit better production to you. I think you guys are going to see that. So a quick reminder, if you're if you're new to the show and you're not subscribed to the channel, please subscribe both to us, the Debbie Dose channel, and to the Undroppables. If you need your support, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and we really appreciate it. Kyle, how you doing, man? Are you, are you watching the game in the background like I am? I'm, I'm not. Honestly, I think I, I'll come up <laughs> later. Um, I yeah. mean, it's been a good week. I dropped my Debbie rankings on Twitter, and they had some arguments in the replies, and, you know, always brings some some joy to see some passion around. A lot of passion about Shadur Sanders being left out of my top 12, um, but I'll stand mm-hmm. by that in a day, as we've had plenty of conversations on this show about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes he looks like a, a wounded deer wandering around the backfield. <laughs> Uh, yeah, excited. Those are awesome. If you guys haven't seen them, check out Kyle's Twitter. If you're not following him, at Kale underscore fantasy. Uh, the graphics look awesome. The rankings are even better than the graphics. Uh, you know, no one's really better at this than Kyle. He did have the number one rankings on Google last year for Debbie purposes as well. The number two right after after the abortion that was, um, Ugh, what was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the big networks. Yeah, but yeah, they were a little outdated. They got fixed, though. They did get fixed after yeah. some community yeah. upheaval. Yeah, got it. Yep. So, all right, guys, we're going to launch right into it. Uh, if, if you missed uh, last week's show, we talked about all the head coaching changes, all the big portal moves and the P5, everything you really need to know to prep for your supplemental drafts, to prep for startups uh, coming this fall, whether they're Debbie, C2C, or whatnot. And this week, we're going to talk well, the same. I, what? All but one. Because one oh, happened one. in between. <laughs> and we will lead in with that. Kyle is ready to go. Fire, Kyle. John, Jim Harbaugh, off to the NFL. As many suspected, it did actually happen. Um, I mean, Harbaugh gone, Saban gone. Like, Kirby Smart's the only really stalwart left. Um, maybe if you consider Dabo yeah. in that same tier. Um, but... We got a chance for a lot of new blood to show up. I think um, Steve Sarkeesian is going to be all over it. Kalen DeBoer obviously has a big chance to make an impact. Um, and then there's guys like Josh Heupel, uh, who Brett Bettables as a head coach at Oklahoma. I mean, there's some young blood that can take over these spots that are fill the power void left by Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh. Um and I think this is an interesting move by Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, they just won a national championship. Um, however, they're also under NCAA investigation due to uh, possibly cheating, possibly um, stealing signs, you know, Connor Stallions and all that. Um, do you think he's leaving just because of that? And he doesn't want to, you know, coach with sanctions or anything? I think that's a common theory. Do you think that's true? I would say... They were already saying he wanted to go back to the NFL like months ago. It's always been a rumor. It was a rumor last year. I would say it made the decision easier if he knows there's a shitstorm coming his way, right? Like, get out of the way, go get the NFL money. And no one's going to remember that in like, you know, five years, except like Michigan fans and other, you know, fans of schools that played against him, right? Everyone else is just going to remember, you know, what Harbaugh, Harbaugh won and what he's doing in the NFL, either terrible or good, right? That's what the casual fans can remember. So uh, it seemed like a wise decision to me. Sure. Well, we can move on, just like Michigan will, to Sharon Moore. Um, 
seemed like the obvious hire after he was the interim head coach during Jim Harbaugh's suspension this year and went four and zero. Handled, I believe Penn State was the big game that took him, but was under his watch. Uh, maybe Ohio State as well. Um, but yeah, I mean he's took his licks. I mean he's moved up pretty quick. He's definitely new blood. He started his career at Louisville and Central Michigan as the tight ends coach at both those spots, and then moved to Michigan in 2018, filling that same role, and then was promoted in 2021 to co-offensive coordinator and O-line coach. And he just did a great job with those offensive linemen, um, led that unit to become you know one of the best in the country year after year over the last three years. And that's really been the catalyst to their success in, in recent memories. So um, I think this is a deserved promotion for Sharon Moore, and I think he's probably going to do a good job. I think there are obviously question marks moving on from somebody with the name as big as Harbaugh, but um, he ranked 21st in 24-7's recruiter rankings last year, so I think that's um, encouraging if that's what your concern is for sure. Yeah, you know, and I think as long as they keep the offensive line machine going, which linemen got to know, right, that like Michigan's a place to go, and you probably know that Sherlin Moore has been a part of that, so as long as they keep that machine going, uh, the offense will work, even if you go down a little bit of a tier in other positions. Like even, you know, you saw Michigan a few years back when it was, uh, God, what was it, Cade Namara or whatever? And uh, the offense, yeah, Cade McNamara. And, and, and the offense still worked. It just, you know, wasn't a fun to watch. But, uh, <laughs> you know, look at the running backs, look at the OL, and that's always been the machine of Michigan in the pre-J.J. McCarthy era. So, I don't think that much of a drop off, honestly. I think they'll have less speed bumps than, um, you know, like Fish in Arizona or, or some of the other coaches that are really kind of, uh, you know, breaking in for the first time in each sheet. For sure. Now we get to talk about the fun stuff. Now we get to move on from, you know, the big schools that everybody everybody cares about. I don't care. I want to talk about the group of five. And all these little schools that are going to score me college fantasy football points. And we're going to do that. We're going to start with um, Nevada going out west. Uh, Ken Wilson got fired after uh, definitely a down year. Um, not a very good year for Nevada. They bring in Jeff Choate, who was the Washington, D.C. and the former head coach of Montana State. Um, he's known for developing pro talent, unfortunately, we don't know quite where this offense is going to look like next year as they have not hired an offensive coordinator to my um, research, at least. I haven't found any. But they do bring in some interesting players from the portal. Um, and first of all, more importantly, they do lose their probably their best piece on offense in Jamal Bell, the wide receiver who had some really significant, significant CFF weeks last year. Um, he's gone. But they bring in some new guys. They bring in former... Four-star, five-star, highly touted recruit. Um, started his career at Florida State and moved to Nebraska and is now moving to Nevada, Chubba Purdy. Um, obviously, you have to presume him the starter at this point, but, I mean, we've seen guys with this kind of pedigree move down and still not be the guy. I mean, Harrison Bailey comes to mind immediately from Tennessee going to UNLV and then not winning that job. And I don't think Chuba started a game yet in his three-year career that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, they also bring in the Boston College fifth or sixth year running back Pat Garwo the third. Um, he'll make an impact, I think, for for CFF if that's the guy that you want to target. I fully support it, although um, I think the ceiling's a little capped, but it is what it is. And then they yeah. bring in West Virginia wide receiver Cortez Brom, who's a uh, former Hutchinson Community College guy, JUCO guy, um, who had some hype coming out of JUCO. So I think. He can make an impact, maybe fill that Jamal Bell role um, as the wide receiver one in Nevada. Yeah, hopeful a return for to uh, fancy football relevance for that program. So this is one of the more fun ones here. Uh, Tulane, uh, obviously Coach Fritz has moved on to Houston, and uh, program is being taken over by John Sumrall, who was the Troy head coach last year. Uh, they won their division, right? Um, if they didn't, they were dang close. They were a very good team last yeah, year. They were, they were in the championship game, at least. I believe they won, though. And uh, the Troy OC from last year, Joe Craddock, came right along with him. Now, the portal here is the biggest haul for a G5 program I've seen in the past few years. Let's fire them off. You got USC, 
wide receiver Mario Williams, uh, high four stars, had some flashes. Bama wide receiver Shaz Preston, who was a very high four star, like borderline five star prospect. Didn't do much last year in Alabama, but that's not shocking. Uh, Idaho wide receiver Therese Trainer, UCF wide receiver Jalen Griffin, who again, a solid college wide receiver. Like he's had some good games here and there. Oregon QB Ty Thompson. Can we resurrect Ty Thompson's career? Let's find out. And they kept QB Horton despite him entering the portal. He did come back out. They also had some guys going out, but I don't think anyone's going to really hobble them here. Uh, wide receiver Chris Brazell, Tyreek uh, Presley, and their third spring QB Carson Hagard. Was one of them a big deal for them, Kyle? Did I... Um, Brazel was their leading receiver last year. Yeah, <laughs> Brazel was the leading receiver last I don't know. year. I think he's like he's I a good Mario player. Williams is is better than Brazel, though, right? Like he, you know, he's not a superstar at USC. I mean, like, well, one of them's moving from the P five to the G five, and one of them's moving from the G five to the P five. So <laughs> can't hold on yeah. to twenty seven priors forever, you know. I don't. Mario um, Williams was good. No, I think this is interesting for sure. Yeah, so, um, you know, so they, they were a run-heavy offense in 2023. Uh, you know, we're wondering if, if, if all these wide receivers were promised a little bit more of a passing game coming in. Uh, we'll find out. And then Kyle's big note here was if they do run the ball like that, Mackie Hughes is in for a big season. Uh, you like Hughes as a McKay player, Kyle? Hughes had a really good freshman season last year. Um, yeah. And he's a guy who's, you know, starting to crack Davy lists, and I – I think I have him in the 30s or 40s. So um, I think he's a guy with legit talent at the G5 level. So um, I think if they're going to run the ball, they're going to run the ball through him, and he's going to have a have a good season. But obviously they do bring in a highly touted quarterback, a bunch of highly touted wide receivers. I mean, it does look like they are going to try to throw the ball. Um, but if that doesn't work for him, all reliables right right behind the quarterback, and they'll – probably go shift back to that um if that does work moving for on we got boise down. state yeah exactly um and I, I i don't think he's a bad pass catcher either so that he could also be involved there um boise state finally fires andy avalos um you know the fan base was yearning for that for much of the year and much of last year even um not very exciting but I believe they fired him partway through the season. So Spencer Danielson was their interim head coach, led them to some success near the end of the year. And so he takes over as head coach. They make that official and the fans rejoice. Um, He brings in an offensive coordinator and associate head coach in Bush Hamden, who is a former Boise state quarterback himself. Um, And he's been a quarterback coach at a number of spots, but this is his first opportunity as offensive coordinator. So not sure what to expect yet, but um, he's coached under some good OCs in the past, a QB coach. Um, the 2018 and 2019 Washington Huskies, and then at Missouri for the last few years under Eli Drinkwitz and Kirby Moore. Um, that's been a good offensive system, and if they're going to run something similar to that Mizzou system, I want all the pieces involved. And speaking of pieces, they bring in some dang good pieces. Um, they turn to the portal after Taylor Green leaves the program and heads to Arkansas, and they get a, a quarterback that I think is much better than Taylor Green. They get Malachi Nelson, the former QB1 in last year's class, who was originally committed to USC, um, apparently did not get what was promised from Lincoln Riley, so he heads on out and he finds a spot where he's going to start immediately. Um, and that's at Boise State. And I think Malachi Nelson is going to have a huge impact at Boise State. Um, and this is a roster that has some weapons for him to rely on. Obviously, Ashton Genty re- re- returns from last year. I think he's one of the you know, five to ten best backs in college football. And then they bring in the former Indiana wide receiver, Cam Camper. Um, who's a taller guy, super electric, was like really good in – the COVID shortened season um, and then had some ACL issues in the past two years. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to have a great season and they have some other wide receiver um, help already on the roster that I think is going to also benefit from this. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then, I'm just um, super excited about this offense. I, 
I mean, I'm in a CFF mock or a C2C mock right now, and I, I took Genty and I took Nelson, and I'll probably take Camper in like the 19th. So, um, yeah, yeah, I love what yeah, this offense can I be mean, from CFF. I, I mean, this guy made Brady Cook look good, right? Uh, obviously, he was coaching Luther Burden, uh, helped him rise to superstardom. So, yeah, lots of reasons to be excited about these guys. And King Camper has kind of, you know, some of that, like, super athletic, uh, you know, style to his game that Burden does. So, God, man, maybe you'll see him play that power slot and, and really just, like, crush yardage and reception totals. And obviously on the way out, uh, Taylor Green to Arkansas, Eric McAllister to TCU, and onward and upward. It is um, kind of a bummer that they yeah. couldn't keep McAllister because McAllister is a good player, but yeah, he's probably going to be buried at TCU. Yeah, I got to TCU is like where wide receivers go to die now. Anyways, like it's been brutal, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, I bet they'll get some guys in the second portal window too. If if Malachi Nelson's playing well in the spring game, things like that, and it's a little buzz, uh, like people will want to play with him if they don't think they're going to get a starting role where they are. Uh, so I think you'll see some more additions there. Um, next up, we got San Diego State. Uh, Hoke retired. They were a three and seven team in uh, twenty twenty three. They hired Sean Lewis. Uh, of whom you and I are both really big fans. I mean, you've been singing his praises since this time last year. We were doing the Colorado preview. Uh, he's been known for his explosive pack, passing attacks and, and really harnessing the Yak guys to the best of their ability. Uh, I think the Dustin Kroom era and, and early season Colorado last year. I mean, we all saw what, what was happening there when everything was clicking. Weaver, Horn, Hunter, all were feasting in that Sean Lewis system. I don't know what happened to get him out of there, but Colorado's loss is San Diego State's victory. Um, so there's some portal action here, too. And I, again, I don't think that's going to be done either. It's really going to have to leave Colorado, you know, and some of them are going to probably remember Sean Lewis friendly. But in, we got uh, CSU wide receiver Lewis Brown Ford. Uh, he's a good player. Um, and he could be the wide receiver one there. I think he could succeed in that role. But FSU quarterback, you know, Duff. One of the games. One of the games where Louis Brown really popped off for Colorado State last year was against Colorado, so I think Sean Lewis remembered. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, FSU uh, QB AJ Duffy, uh, a good player, a high four-star. He played a little bit last year or in spring game. I remember seeing him play a little bit, and he was competent. Uh, WVU wide receiver, Jashawn Pope, really good player, solid college wide receiver. And USC tight end Jude Wolf. Uh, I, he was USC starter before Deuce um, kind of stole his lunch there. Um, he was a high four star too a couple mm-hmm. of years back. Got kids got to be twenty three mm-hmm. already. He I was starting Fredman going to... in the portal rankings. Oh really? No, yeah. maybe just more of a blocker, yeah. and we don't really you know see his name come up that much. Yeah. Um, yeah unfortunately, Mark Fredman, who was great for them last year, goes to Louisville, and wide receiver Raphael William goes to Pitt. Um, Anything else in San Diego State? I mean, this is kind of exciting, right? Yeah, I mean, we got the the graphic over here. Um, Sean Lewis quarterbacks are typically very good. Um, Shadur is the one on the bottom. Obviously, he had some issues after Lewis left and also some injury issues where he played like two half games, which lowered his number. But like that QB1 season is Dustin Crum in 2020. QB9 is Dustin Crum in 2021. Um, so obviously QB friendly system. So I'm, I'm looking at AJ Duffy if he were to win a job, um, to have a good CFF season and then a wide receiver friendly system as well. And it's typically, it can be two guys. Um, I mean, obviously like guys like Isaiah McCoy feasted at Kent state, but I mean, last year, Xavier Weaver averaged 18 fantasy points in PPR, but, um, you know, Jimmy Horn was, also viable. Travis Hunter was viable. Um, so obviously I think Louis Brown will probably be the wide receiver one for this team, but I'd watch for Deshaun Poke or anyone else they bring in um, to also have a pretty solid season. Um, but yeah, definitely watching this camp battle to see who wins the quarterback job. Yeah. Awesome. Great graphic there, Kyle. A lot to be excited about there. And then obviously, I mean, they're a Mountain West team, right? So it's, there's definitely 
mm-hmm. shootout potential uh, every week uh, with those defenses. Um, you want to lead off on UTEP? Sure. Uh, Texas at El Paso. They finally fired Dimmel. Um, he had a rough season last year. Um, and they bring in Scotty Walden, a guy from uh, my home state of Tennessee, who was the former coach of Austin P, a little a little school in Clarksville, Tennessee, um, a little FCS program, who's had some really good success over the last few years. I mean, they actually played Tennessee close last year. It was like nine to nine right before halftime, and we were starting to sweat as Tennessee fans. But um, you know, Austin P has won two top, two conference titles in the last four years since Walden took over. Um, they ranked fourth in passing efficiency last year, ninth in scoring, 13th in pass offense, and 15th in total offense in the FCS. Um, this is a good offensive coach. I think uh, Walden can do some good things at UTEP and make some CFF players quite happy, um, even if it doesn't necessarily translate to the win column. Mm. Um, however, the portal has not been kind to them so far. I don't think they've mm. really brought in anyone of note so far. Um, but they do lose Tyron Smith and Kelly Akayari, who are definitely their two best wide receivers. Um, so going to be tough to see who can make plays for them at wide receiver and you know who's going to play quarterback, whether it be McConnell or somebody else, um, and if they're going to struggle you know, without any pass-catching options. Yeah. There's a couple other guys there that were involved in the offense last year as wide receivers, but it's tough to see the two most talented guys. Uh, go out the door, especially Kelly Akari. He's a rising player. Uh, he's still a second or third year guy and has got some good football left in him. Um, okay, moving on to New Mexico, uh, Bronco Mendenhall taking over. Danny Gonzalez fired. Uh, Mendenhall has had six top 25 teams. He's a former BYU and Virginia coach. Probably a huge upgrade here. I mean, New Mexico has been pretty bad, but. He's got a pretty good resume, uh, Mendenhall. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to uh, you know be seen there, but no really notable portal in or outs. I thought Diego Pavia left, but Kyle, is that not real? That's New Mexico State, right? Oh, that would uh, explain the confusion. No, I think this is New Mexico State. I think I just didn't label it correctly. <laughs> no, New Mexico State was Jerry Kill. Um, okay, so it was New Mexico. <laughs> we do like 30 of these teams at once. It's so easy to get confused if you're not careful. <laughs> so, yeah, so we didn't really have much going on in the portal there. Uh, oh. Yeah, just a handful of guys, really. Um, yeah, New Mexico just gets some, some dudes. It's tough to tell, like, None of them really stand out. I'm sure one of them will be a guy for them at some point, but um, lots of guys from like FCS programs, lots of guys who are bench warmers on P5 teams. So we'll see in spring who interests us. Yeah, nothing really actionable. Right Middle now. Tennessee, it's about it's about dang time that Rick Stock still gets fired. I mean, the dude's been just like living it up on the MTSU salary, had his kid playing starting quarterback, even though he kind of fucking sucked. Um, uh, so, yeah, they, they move on. They bring in Derek Mason, the former head coach at Vanderbilt, um, current Oklahoma State DC. Um, definitely more of a defensive hire, um, a little boring for CFF, um, and a a lot boring considering the fact that they're losing two of their best players in Frank Peasant and Elijah Metcalf. Um, are they keeping Holden Willis? Cause he is the only other one who interests me. I did not note his name. It would appear he is not transferring. He either graduated or is still playing. So um, Got it. I don't know. I mean, if everybody else is gone, it could be a good season for Holden Willis. Um, if you have him, he's a cheat code because he's listed as a tight end in Fantrax, even though he's a wide receiver. But uh, he's probably still on the the, the hope is that he still stays that way. Yeah, right, right, right. And that he remains yeah. kind of the guy. He, if he keeps right? playing, 
Yeah. And if they if they keep the same offense, I'm very interested for whoever does become the starter. Because I don't think Frank Peasant was like a world-class talent. I think he's a talented runner for a G5 level, but I think they can get another three-star that can run at that level uh, and keep that offense moving. Uh, so moving on. So JMU, uh, this one's a little bit fun too. Uh, Kurt Signetti retired to take the Indiana job. Bobby Chesney comes in from Holy Cross, where he has had four straight titles. He's coming off an undefeated season, obviously moving up a level, but this sounds promising for the team, for actual, like, you know, them in college football, and hopefully also for fantasy football. Uh, he did have a mobile quarterback last year. Uh, I don't have the kid's name here, but who was, you know, a really electric player, ran for 1,200 yards. Uh, so they had some guys going out, Elijah Surratt to Indiana, Jordan McLeod was in the portal, but hasn't committed anywhere. And then coming in, they have Dylan Morris, who was at TCU. Is that right, Kyle? No, Chandler Morris was TCU. Then he started at Washington. Started at Washington, Washington and then, yeah, moved. Yep. Yep. I think you're right. Washington or Washington State or, or uh, Northwestern. He was Washington. in one of the back And then... Very excitingly, George Petaway, uh, who was, again, like an extremely high-end four-star at UNC, flashed a little bit, never really was able to put together, you know, the consistency that they wanted from their starting running back. And Omari and Hampton, despite being lower recruited, just seized that job with both hands and choked it to death. So uh, George Petaway coming down to the G5 level, uh, in, in an exciting offense, I think could be an absolute CFF wrecker if he can put it together because he is a talented kid. He's electric in the open field. He's agile. He's not a bruising back, but he, he's a pass catcher. So he could really be uh, someone that you're you're looking to add uh, or maybe try to trade for this offseason from someone that's discouraged uh, if you are playing CTC. Yeah, and I mean, they also lose – both their running backs that were on the team under Signetti, they both ended up at Indiana. So Kalen Black out of the way, the backup for Kalen Black out of the way. So um, at this point, there's a gaping hole there. So a lot of opportunity for Petaway. Yes. Right. Moving on to a really quick one, because I think this one's pretty boring. <laughs> um, and that's <laughs> Troy. Obviously, we talked about Troy's staff moving to Tulane. Um, so they needed to be replaced. They bring in Gerald Parker from Notre Dame, the former Notre Dame offensive coordinator. Um, so likely another kind of run-heavy offense uh, with some some shots downfield, kind of similar to what they did last year. So uh, maybe interested in the guy who wins this running back battle, um, but not a lot going on in terms of the portal either. Um, not nothing interesting on offense, at least. So quick one there. Yeah. Maybe maybe looking for who their tight end is or take a power slot. Those are kind of positions that uh, excelled at Notre Dame last year. All right, so New Mexico State now. Sorry for my ineptitude earlier. Uh, Jerry Kill uh, kind of retired. Uh, Tony Sanchez takes over. Sanchez was a wide receiver. He was also the former head coach at Bishop Gorman, where he won six titles and at UNLV. Um, proven winner, you know, maybe this is an upgrade. I do like seeing offensive-minded coaches, uh, you know, come in. And then Diego Pavia is out in the portal. I don't think we have a landing spot for him. I didn't have anything else in the portal for them. There's a bunch of names that were just – He's really at Vandy. Oh, he went to Vandy. Yeah, interesting. Um, so I, I didn't really see anyone coming in. And um, was- New Mexico State. They got Eli Stowers, the uh, redshirt freshman quarterback from Texas A&M, who is a very athletic guy, I believe, actually. As, as the kid I was talking about last week, you're A&M making fun of me. Yeah. Is it? I don't think it was. Yes, that's what I was trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Do so you want to do South Alabama? Yeah. Sure. Uh, South Alabama, Ken Womack um, goes and teams up with Kalen DeBoer, takes a D.C. job at normal Alabama, not the head coach job at South Alabama. Um, So it moves a little bit far north, and Major Applewhite takes over. Um, He was the O.C. there at South Alabama. He was pretty successful. Um, He's always had good offenses in CFB. 
um, just limited <laughs> success in the win column despite those good offenses. So um, super interested in whoever can take over the reins for this team. Um, obviously, there are some big voids. I believe their quarterback graduated, and uh, Colin Lacey left for Louisville, uh, moved up and took um, that opportunity. So definitely avoid in the wide receiver room, avoid in the quarterback room, but there are some interesting guys on the roster. Um, Devin Voison, who's had some some good games in the past, could be that guy at wide receiver, or possibly Javon Ivory, who uh, was formerly at Memphis and had some good games at Memphis, um, has had a couple of good games at South Alabama. I think those two are the guys to watch for that wide receiver role. And then um, quarterback, obviously. Big question mark. Um, Gio Lopez is a guy who was a redshirt freshman this year. Um, had a lot of people excited as kind of like one of those like sleeper three-star prospects um, in our space. So I think he's interesting. He's an athletic guy who can you know get it done in both phases of the game. So interested in him if he ends up winning this job. And then next up, we actually did sneak another Power 5 team in here because, you know, realignment is confusing, um, and that is Big 12 Houston. Um, Dana Holgerson gets fired after going 8-5. and five. Um, You know, not the success that Houston wanted from him. Obviously, he did have some good offenses with, you know, Clayton Toon and um, uh, Matthew Golden and whatnot, but um, – a new reign for former Tulane head coach, Willie Fritz. And if you look on screen now, we do have a little graph for you, courtesy of our friends over at Campus to Canton. Um, you know, this is offensive pass rate over expected on the X-axis, offensive pass EPA on the Y-axis. So it's very obvious that Holgerson's 10 years at both West Virginia and Houston saw a lot more passing than what Willie Fritz has done over the years at Tulane. Um, but, I mean, in recent years with Michael Pratt, you know, this Tulane offense was good in expected points added, albeit not passing as much as we would have hoped. Um, so I do think they can pass efficient, efficiently in this offense, even if they're maybe not passing as much as the Houston of the past. Um, and a lot of moves in the portal for this team. Um Oh, I skipped over one. Kevin Barbet, the former 2022 App State Offensive Coordinator and last year's Mississippi State Offensive Coordinator, joins on as Offensive Coordinator for Houston. Um, not really a slam dunk hire, in my opinion. Kind of disappointing, honestly. Um, he's had some success at running back with like Nate Noel, uh, Jaquavius Marks, mm -hmm. but um, tough in the passing game. And it's going to continue to be tough in the passing game if they start transfer quarterback Zeon Chris, who uh, comes in from ULL, um, he's a hell of an athlete for sure. I mean, a great rusher of the football, one of the like fastest players in college football, um, but not a great passer. So um, if they go that direction, I'm not super interested in a ton of these wide receivers or pass catching options. But um, if they do find a quarterback that I think can throw the ball, they do bring in a couple guys that I think are interesting. And one is, Georgia wide receiver Mecky Muse joins the team. He's a guy who um, probably shouldn't have committed to Georgia, probably didn't have that pedigree out of high school, but um, has always kind of impressed the staff, but not enough to get on the field. Um, gets, you know, good notes during spring camp, but never really gets on the field. And then Michigan State tight end Malik Carr, who is uh, super athletic for the, the tight end position, a guy that a lot of us had high hopes for coming out of high school. Um, gets another opportunity here in Houston, and I think he could make an impact, especially at a thin tight end position in CFF. And then the big one that they lose is Matthew Golden, a guy who many consider to be one of the you know 20 to 25 best wide receivers in the country. Moves up, moves on, goes to Texas, has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one for a P5 program that's you know going to be a playoff contender for sure. Um, so I don't blame him at all. Um, but that does leave Samuel Brown on the roster, who was, was pretty impressive last year as a wide receiver, too. Could be, you know, that guy as a wide receiver one and, um, you know, really make a CFF splash if this offense is humming. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can pencil Samuel Brown in. It's a fairly early round selection in CFF draft. He was great last year. He, I think he might have had more yardage than Golden on the season. Actually, I think Golden had more catches. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, and hopefully Chris runs for like 2,000 yards because that's the only way uh, you're going to want anything to do with him. Uh, so Buffalo, uh, Maurice Linguist retired. Pete Lembo is the new head coach. He was a head, he was a no. head coach at Ball well, State. What? You're close. What? He, he didn't quite retire. He's the co-DC at Alabama. Uh, he retired from this job to go there. That's, that must have been the language. Um, so, yeah, all right. The co-DC, Alabama. Uh, so, so Lembo, Lembo was a head coach at Ball State. He was a special team support coordinator at South Carolina. Uh, the team did set more than six records during his tenure, uh, including offense, passing yards, touchdowns. I think that was his Ball State teams. Uh, so that seemed like a, a really interesting hire for me for an offense that has been uh, run, 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 punt uh, for the past few years for the most part. Uh, portal, <laughs> a couple of guys come out. They were Cameron they Ball. were run 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 touchdown when they had Lance Leipold. Right, right, and uh, and the kid that uh, the kid that went to the Cardinals. Uh, I mean the the Commanders uh, was good. Patterson, Jared Patterson. Patterson, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, Cole Snyder out, Cameron Ball out. I didn't really have anything interesting coming in, but I am going to be interested you know, to, to watch and, and see how they do early in the season to see, you know, how spring games and stuff goes. If we can find any information on that, because I do think that uh, Lembo has, has some talent and, and could get the offense moving there. Yeah, they do have um, a couple of guys who are like P5 move downs at wide receiver. Um, and one is freshman Chance Morrow, Morrow from uh, – Louisville, who I think is kind of interesting if he, you know, is the guy there. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Lambeau did have a good career at Ball State, so I do look for this offense to be pretty impressive. Obviously, you know, guys like Mac Hippenhammer, uh, Brett Gabbert um, had great CFF seasons at Ball State. So maybe we can see something similar at Buffalo. Um, but some question marks at quarterback, obviously, as Cole Snyder, their starter from last year, moves on. Um, and then moving on to Wyoming, Jay Sovel takes over for Craig Bull. He was the uh, former defensive coordinator at Wyoming. It sounds like so. Um, kind of a kind of a weird one, you know. Fire your your head coach to promote the DC, but um, mm -hmm. sometimes you got to do that. Um, we can't obviously expect much of a change, um, so we'll see what happens. But I expect we'll have uh, very similar results. And they quite literally got one player from the portal on either side of the ball, and it's a linebacker. So <laughs> nothing really super interesting in Wyoming, but a coaching change nonetheless. Yeah, uh, cool. Um, Texas State, no coaching changes, uh, but some significant portal action. Uh, TJ Finley and Willie Hornsby both out. Jaden Delora was supposed to be the starter there, but he withdrew among some scandals that uh, seemed to have arisen, and it seems like he was pushed out to some degree. So <clears throat> quarterback, a giant question mark. For Texas State right now, someone's going to have to go there later. It's also probably going to be a pretty appealing uh, destination for someone because, I mean, Finley had no success previously in his career and was was quite good for CFF there last year. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the best offenses in the G5, so um, that's why we're bringing them up specifically, even though there's no coaching changes. Um, and... I mean, they're, they're good rushing the ball. They're good passing the ball. They still have some weapons. Um, Ashton Hawkins, Bo Corrales, um, Joey Hobart, and then Ishmael Mahdi at running back, um, I believe, is back, um, which is kind of a big deal considering uh, Washington State running back Jalen Jenkins, who, you know, I've mentioned on the show as a player I like in the past, um, does transfer into Texas State. So 
Um, maybe that ends up being a two-headed backfield and we're not as excited as we were last year about Madi for CFF. Um, but obviously they need a quarterback, so we'll see what happens in that role. And then last but not least, we do have one more coaching change, and that is at San Jose State. As uh, Brett Brennan leaves to take the Arizona job after Jed Fish heads to Washington, um, and they hire – oh, forgive me if I'm wrong – Ken Niumatalolo, the former Navy head coach who obviously infamously ran the triple option at Navy. He has uh, promised, though, that he is not going to be running the triple options at San Jose State. Um so no idea what this offense is going to look like. Um, I'd imagine there's still going to be some option elements since that's what he's coached for so long. Um, and probably they'll bruise people up the middle and run the ball very well. But it's uh, the uh, the personnel is going to be an issue as they, they lose a lot of guys. Um, Siobhan Cordero obviously graduates, so a gaping hole at quarterback to fill for Neo, for Neo Matalolo. Um, Dominic Mazzotti, the tight end, who's had some CFF success, leaves and goes to Massachusetts. And then the running back behind Kyrie Robinson, Quiley Conley, who was very efficient last year and, and very impressive as an RB2 for San Jose State, follows Brett Brennan up to Arizona. Um, different conversation, but I'm excited for Conley in that role. Um, so some big shoes to fill for San Jose State, and they bring in a couple of guys who are you know decently interesting um, Washington State's backup quarterback Emmett Brown transfers in. Um, he's you know got to be involved in that um, battle for that position, so that's interesting. And then they bring in a Georgia backup former three-star running back Floyd Chalk the second. Um, heck of a name, first of all, but um, hmm. I mean, could be interesting in this offense for sure. If you know a former Georgia guy, you know running it up. The gut in a, a navy style ish offense, so that's interesting. And then I think that's all we've got for like teams and coaching changes. So we've just kind of got a list of guys at this point that we both think are pretty interesting. Um, yeah. guys that definitely need to be watching out for. Um, and we've kind of sorted it by teams, so we're, we're still gonna you know fit that mold. Um, but you know, try to go speed round off. style here, but we are about to just say like 60 names. So, so forgive us. There, there's, there's not a better way. I'll to talk about them. Okay. I mean, you can well, say we'll the names and I'll talk about them. <laughs> I don't want to spend an hour. Either, so, all right. So Charlotte uh, has some interesting guys coming in for sure. CJ Stokes from Michigan, Cartavius Norton from Iowa State, Darrell Robinson is on his way out, and he was a highly recruited, highly regarded recruit who did nothing last year. Justin Olson out. Personally, I am interested in the running backs for sure. Cortavius Norton was not excellent at Iowa State, but was good enough to start a significant amount of games at the Power Five level. Uh, and CJ Stokes obviously has more um, pedigree than anyone else on that roster except for Norton. So I think one of them or both of them will be getting the workload there. And this offense under Biff Poggy wants to run the ball. Um, it seemed like there was a personnel issue in terms of their ability to do that last year, um, but they definitely want to run the ball first and foremost and establish that run. Um, so hopefully not only bringing in these new running backs, but hopefully they have a, better semblance of an offensive line next season for these guys to succeed. So a few interesting pieces hitting ECU. We got Jake Garcia transferring from Mizzou. Jake Garcia had a few good games at his first stop. He was Miami or he was Miami, right? He had played okay a few times. Uh, he couldn't, couldn't break the uh, break into the lineup at Mizzou, but I expect him to start at ECU. Keaton Hauser also will be competing for the job. Uh, I think Garcia is a little more talented. Do you agree, Kyle? I mean, didn't Caden Hauser win that job at Michigan State? And Jake Garcia didn't win that job at Missouri? Caden Hauser did not Who's win that, that job. Dude. He lost it to uh, Noah Kim. No. Oh, Noah Kim was enough. your starter last year. Hauser <laughs> has case. barely started a game. Yeah. 
And then Porter Brooks also comes in from NC State, where he's been like a good wide receiver for them, really, for three or four years now. He just has never been hyper-relevant for CFF or C2C, but going down a level into an offense that has often had like a guy at wide receiver, he's definitely going to be an interesting piece, and he's going to be unowned everywhere. So if, you, if you're interested in he's him, old, you should be so. scoop. CFF. Well, yeah, yeah, not a Debbie guy, no, but yeah, CFF. Yeah. Uh, old means I you're good at college fantasy football. So good college fantasy, but it's true. It's true. Uh, dead for Debbie. Um, FAU, just just pieces going out, just bleeding there for sure. Casey Thompson to Oklahoma to begin his coaching career, we think, and the real dagger in the heart is uh, LeJounte Wester uh, also on his way out to Colorado. I mean, that was their offense last year. They had one other kid that had some good games, but certainly uh, some some damage done to the offense. Yeah, that one that one sucks. Um, I'm going to miss LeJounte Wester, top three CFF wide receiver season. Um, so, yeah, quite the bummer. Yeah. Uh, Memphis with some pieces coming in. You got Mario Anderson, you got Jair Shorter, and Chandler Rogers on his way out, where he's going to start with Cal. I get him, and 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 uh, and the kid Morris confused for some reason. Uh, oh, because they were both Chandler in TCU. Morris, right? Yeah, because they're both named yeah. Chandler. Yes, very confusing. Uh, any any thoughts on Anderson or Shorter or or Memphis? I mean, Mario Anderson from South Carolina. Oh, looks like Kyle is dead. So I'll, I'll keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. It's my black hole of a friend over here. Uh, so yeah, Mario Anderson, look, if he gets a, the, the, the job there, running back has been kind to us at Memphis. I don't know if um the kid last year graduated, right, Kyle? Blake Watson? Yeah, he graduated. Blake Watson, yes. Um, yeah, so so maybe. There's some other guys there already. but take maybe over my computer. Nice. Cool. Hopefully it's bugged full of shiny spyware. Yeah. Steal your credit cards. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Little <laughs> Chinese cameras yeah. from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, that's how they're going to get our, our defense secrets from Kyle's computer. Um, all right. UNT got some interesting pieces coming in for sure. Two running backs that I think are both talented dudes uh, who are probably both more appropriate at this level. Uh, Zach Evans looked fine last year at Michigan when he got the ball. Uh, Trey Bradford from LSU and Zach Evans from Minnesota. I would expect those guys to get all the run this year. Um, I do think Evans is more talented than Bradford. And they also get DT, DT Sheffield from Washington State, who should be a significant addition at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm hopeful there. Um, I think Jay Macklin is still around. So, no, Jay Macklin transferred out, didn't he? I don't remember. Um, give me a second. Where is he? Oh, maybe he didn't. So, yeah, um, interesting there with Jay Macklin and DT Sheffield as to who really takes over the role at wide receiver and who's who's the guy. Um obviously kind of a hole at quarterback. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but, oh, no. Chandler Morris is coming in from TCU. So he's he's the guy. We've, we've got this wrong. Oh, nice. But, <laughs> yeah. So Chandler, Chandler Morris, D.T. Uh, Sheffield, Zach Evans, Trey Bradford. I mean, this is pretty talented for a G5 roster. So excited to see what they yeah. can become. Yeah, this <laughs> Charlie Rogers out of Memphis, Chandler Morris in at UNT. Um, Temple, uh, unfortunately, just losses. Uh, well, no, one, one big loss, one big addition for me. Uh, EJ Warner moving on to Rice, where I'm very excited for him because I thought he was adequate at Temple. And I think Rice has a little bit of a softer schedule. And also, uh, he's a young man. I think he's going to get better, too, as, as he, as he uh, gets more experience. And then... I'm excited for Antoine, the train Littleton, uh, transferring from Maryland. Uh, I mean, 
gosh, who was the kid last year? Was also a Maryland guy that just destroyed the G five level. Um, the other big kid, Penny Boone, transferred twice. Penny Boone. Penny Boone. I mean, I think Penny Boone because Antoine Littleton is very similar in his playing style. He's actually bigger, dude. This dude's like two hundred and fifty pounds or something, but runs pretty well for a big, big dude. Um, so I, I think he's going to play really well at the G five level and be a significant asset. Yeah. Uh, moving on to UAB, the Blazers. Uh, they bring in Armani Goodwin from LSU, the running back. I think Armani Goodwin is a very talented running back. I think he really showed some flashes at LSU when he had those opportunities. Um, so I'm very excited about him at UAB. Um, they also bring in John Kitna's son, Jalen Kitna, to play quarterback, possibly. Um, so I don't know. Um, kind of a team that wasn't super exciting for CFF last year. I mean, they had some pieces that we liked, but um, the uh, experiment here with what is his dang name, their head coach. God, I am just like forgetting everything. He's a former NFL quarterback, you know, Um Trent Dilfer, that guy, yeah, Trent Dilfer. Um, Dilfer's the coach there. That, that experiment is, yeah, that experiment is going interestingly. So we'll see what happens with Goodwin and Kidna. Armani Goodwin, good. That's the, the takeaway there. Um, UTSA <laughs> brings in DJ Allen from TCU, was for many uh, top 10-ish wide receiver in his class two seasons ago. Super athletic kid, just Again, TCU has been just death for wide receivers uh, if you were at Quentin Johnson the past few years. Um, so interested to see what he could do going down a level. Uh, could be nothing, but could be a beast. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, Corey and Clark still kind of in the way there. But, but we'll see which one of those guys can really take over that wide receiver one role. I mean, they've had, well, they've had multiple functional wide receivers, right? Although they have a... Quarterback change this year, right? Or did he come back again? Hardison? Hardison was there this year, but not very good. Yeah. All right. So uh, Arkansas State, the only significant name I have is Malik Hornsby. I am not convinced he gets the job. Um, I mean, he just hasn't really done it yet, but certainly could. Uh, oh, no, because they have uh, Jalen Jalen. Rainer, Jalen Raynor. So Rainer. Malik Horns is probably more of a backup to Jalen Rainer than anything else there. Uh, I think Rainer's got more talent and definitely is a better throw over the football. We hope. Uh, we hope. Well, I don't know. He had a couple of good games last year, you know, and then the end of the season was was not great. But um, Coastal has some significant out and in. Uh, Jared Brown, who I've been a fan of for several years, goes to South Carolina. I think he could get in the lineup there. Uh, they definitely love taking transfers uh, that fit their needs. Uh, Grayson McCall, uh, CFF superstar for the past six years or so, uh, moves on to NC State, where I expect he starts. And Noah Kim, the aforementioned Michigan State quarterback from last year, uh, transfers in. And Kim was adequate last year. He certainly wasn't uh, a starter for CFF, but uh, his first year starting, he held down the ship for Michigan State. So... I expect that he will be able to play football at the G5 level. This uh, hasn't quite been the same offense that we loved under um, Jamie Chadwell since Chadwell left. So, um, hmm. but still promising. So, I mean, there is there is opportunity for a guy like Kim and whoever steps up in this wide receiver room to thrive. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, Georgia Southern uh, gets LV Bunkley Shelton, the oft hyped and never delivering uh, CFF asset. Uh, certainly a high recruited guy, he's flashed at times. Expect he has a good shot to make an impact this year. I mean, he's gotta be a fourth or fifth year player now too, right? Yeah, they're a, they're a pretty good offense, um, especially through the air. I'm not quite sure. It's really hard for me to keep track of who's graduated and who hasn't, especially at the G5 level, but um, they did have two good receivers last year in uh, Derwin Burgess and the other guy 
who is escaping me. But um, oh god, What's yeah, it's a, it's a good passing offense. If Bunkley Shelton gets on the field, it's just gonna stand to see if he can finally make it work at it this uh, this opportunity. Yeah, I think one of Burgess and the other guy there was a fifth-year player already, and the other one was a fourth-year. So at least one of them will be back. Felt like the other one was going to move on, but the COVID years are still active. I think this is the last year they can use it. So more to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia State. Moving on to the, the other Georgia team. <laughs> uh, bringing in Zach Gibson oh. from Georgia Tech. Uh, Robert Lewis leaves to go to Auburn. He was good uh, for CFF last year, certainly at his level. And then the real uh, just decapitation for them here is Marcus Carroll. Like Marcus Carroll's probably got some Debbie value at this point too. I mean, he was just excellent last year and he's moving Mm -hmm. on to Missouri where uh, we'll see if he can make an impact at the next level, but he was certainly a really good asset at uh, the G5 level. Uh, we're sad that he has moved on. Wish him the best. I think you have to expect Zach Gibson to be named the starter here, considering Darren Granger um, is done with college football. So um, Gibson, you know, had a good season to Akron back in the day with Kanata Mumfield. Um, obviously did not win that job at Georgia Tech. So um, interesting to see him move back down and hopefully revitalize his college career. Um, they do bring in a couple of, you know, former P5 backups at running back, which might be interesting. Um, f- uh, former Clemson running back Dominique Thompson- Thomas goes to Georgia State, and as well as Coastal Carolina running back C.J. Beasley. So um, both names to watch because obviously I think this is a running back position that we want for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, and Beasley was good at Coastal, too. Uh, I feel like he was in a timeshare, but he had some games. Um, next up's Louisiana. Mm-hmm. The only move I had was Zeon Chris going out. Uh, am I missing anything? No. Um, so nothing really to talk about there. Uh, Marshall, pretty significant, I think. Um, they bring in running back Jordan Houston, who was good at North Carolina State. They bring in Mitch Griffiths, uh, starter last year for a week, young quarterback still. I think he was a second-year player last year. So a lot of football to play still. And it's adequate at Wake, had some good games and some bad games. And they bring in uh, Elijah Metcalf from uh, Michigan State. Michigan State? MT State? Mississippi State. Or Middle Tennessee State. Sorry. Middle Tennessee State. (laughs) struggling I, I abbreviated it correctly and yet could not figure it out <laughs> um yeah, i think this is exciting right i mean like marshall is known for having just dominating uh rb1s if jordan houston is that guy he's gonna be a guy that you have to have yeah um handful of like other you know p5 washouts going in um, on three lists, uh, Tulsa quarterback Braylon Braxton is going to Marshall. So um, I think that actually does end up being a quarterback battle between him and Griffiths. But um, tough to say who will who will take that job. But, yeah, I'm definitely interested in Houston. I'm definitely interested in Metcalf considering they've brought in these two quarterbacks who I think are both pretty talented. Um and then there's a handful of other P5 washouts at wide receiver and tight end who are going to go over to Marshall. So we'll see during the spring which which guys to really get some seam behind them. Got it. So we got just a few names left here. Uh, so we'll kind of quick hit these. Um, FIU, Chris Mitchell, who was excellent for CFF last year, is out to Notre Dame. We'll see if he can make an impact there. Uh, do you have anything else for FIU? Uh, no, but Chris Mitchell's a very good football player. Yeah, he's good. I think he'll 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 start at Notre Dame, I would think. And they don't really have anyone like him. Like the kind of he's a little shifty guy, right? So that may be an interesting acquisition for them. Jacksonville State brings in Brandon Spector, who's the a backup quarterback from Clemson last year. Is that right? No, wide receiver. Wide receiver. 
So, but I mean, had to be a high three or four star. He wouldn't have been rostered at Clemson. Um, he could be interesting. Uh, Sam Houston uh, brings in Jace Bauer uh, from Central Michigan. Anything to think about there, Kyle? Uh, yeah, I, I think Bauer was a good rusher of the football when he was handed that job at Central Michigan. Um, obviously, you know, kind of an in and out role there, but um, I think he's interesting for CFF if he wins the job at Sam Houston. Yeah, so uh, Western Kentucky uh, makes what could be a significant poll for them uh, from TJ Finley at Texas State. I, I Do you think Finley's a good fit for this offense? Are they similar to what he was doing at Texas State or Georgia Southern? I mean, yeah, Texas State was asking him to throw the ball all over the field too. So, um, I mean, I still think there's a, a very good chance that Connor Veltkamp ends up winning this job. Um, it's definitely possible because I don't think they're, like, committing to Finley in any way, um, especially considering, mm-hmm. like, Keith, um, Veltkamp entered the portal and they, like, fought to have him back. So um, it's going to be an interesting quarterback battle to watch for sure. Um, and they also do bring in a running back I quite like, which is Bowling Green running back to Ron Keith. Um, had some great games while the other guy was injured. So um, super interesting. Could be the guy um, there. Obviously not as high success at running back at, in that system, but uh, someone to monitor. Yeah, excellent. Um, and then UNLV. UNLV. <laughs> Makes a really interesting poll, Thanks. I think. Uh, this, is, this is the kid I was trying to remember earlier, Jared Sluka from Holy Cross. Look, Sluka was getting like, like buzz at the as a as a draft prospect at one point. Uh, didn't throw the ball great last year. Uh, Seventeen hundred yards, twenty touchdowns, five interceptions, adequate. But ran for one thousand two hundred and forty-seven yards and nine touchdowns. And obviously, that's. Uh, it's a, a FBS level school at Holy Cross, uh, but still, I mean, if he can integrate into the system and replicate that, uh, he's going to be a CFF guy for sure. Yeah, and obviously they lose their quarterback from last year, Jaden Maiava, who transfers to USC. So um, definitely an opening at that spot as well. Um, two quick schools who don't really matter to me. Eastern Michigan, they get QB Cole Snyder from Buffalo. Um I, I mean, he's a starter, probably. Um, and Toledo loses their two best players. Daquan Finn, the quarterback, heads to Baylor, will likely be the starter there. Penny Boone heads to Louisville, the running back. He'll likely be the starter there. Um, so tough sledding for Toledo fans. And then Ball Ooh. State, they get a wide receiver out of Akron, Josiah Gaithings, who I think is quite talented. Um, Akron's had, you know, like three guys recently who um, have been, like, 600 to 800 yard receivers, um, maybe as the one guy at Ball State, Josiah Gavings can be interesting. So, and they lose both the tight ends that we like, um, Brady Hunt and right. Brady Hunt. Cozy all. So, lots of opportunities. Did you see where they went? Oh, Hunt went somewhere that was crowded, right? He went to like South, South Carolina, Carolina or something. Where did Quizzle go? Not committed. Got it. Koizel's the interesting Still one there. And Hunt's great, but I think he's talented, but just God, man, they got they got some talent there already. So I guys, that's it. We did it. Kyle, we did it. We did it. So there's a there's a big old awesome. information bomb. We just Yeah. Bomb we just dropped on you guys. Definitely, you know, check in with Kyle and I on Twitter if you have any questions about this. We put some time into researching this. Kyle knows CFDs as as well as just about anyone out here. Um, so, you know, we're certainly happy to engage with you guys and again, if you find this content useful, if you like this, please like, please subscribe. We're trying to grow the band. We're trying to really expand and, and bring you guys content that you want to hear. So, so let us what you want to hear. Uh, let us know what you want to hear and you know, what we're doing well, what could do better, but we're looking forward to bringing you, you know, like more high quality graphics production value this year as, as the year moves on. And I think we really did this. So it, thank you, Kyle, for the graphics. You knocked that out of the park this week. That was awesome. No problem, my friend. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it chugging. We'll we'll get even better. So stay tuned. Get better. All right. Any parting shots, my friend? 
I got nothing. I got nothing. We're going to go watch some football. It's uh, divisional championship week, or conference championship week. So we got we got the Lions game starting soon. I'm going to get on that. But we appreciate all you guys. Like we said, like, follow, subscribe, all that. We'll see you guys next time.